The volume's good on this? Yeah. Very cool. All right, so we'll have to cut this uh, first portion, but yeah, yeah. welcome okay. to Tech Junior. Uh, I'm Lee Warwick, and I have with me... I'm Eddie. And we're both full-stack uh, JavaScript developers. And I say my first and last name? Sorry, I just talked over you. Uh, yeah, go for it. All right. Edwin Otero, but please call me Eddie. The second? Uh... Yeah, sure. Or junior. About that. We're yeah. both juniors, so that's yeah. an unintentional consequence of calling the show Tech Junior. <laughs> but for today's episode, uh, <laughs> carrying on, we want to talk about, um, we're both boot camp students, and so we want to just go over what that experience was like and kind of uh, what we think of it and maybe all of the hurdles that, that kind of went into it. Yeah, um, let's see. What do, you, what do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Uh, so why don't we just start from the beginning and, and kind of talk about where we were at and why we decided to sign up for this crazy thing. Okay. Um, do you want to start? Should I start? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. So okay. uh, be before I became a developer, I was a registered nurse um, working in a hospital. Um, I worked in ER and ICU. Uh, and before that, um, worked as a fireman and a paramedic. Um and then kind of in college had coded a little bit, but um, had a bad experience with it. I was learning like Java, had a teacher that wasn't maybe the best. Um, not that it's entirely his fault, but uh, for whatever reason, kind of drifted away from it and then had always had an interest in it and kind of always looked back and thought, man, what, what would my life have been like if I had continued to code? And so just being a nurse, not really being happy as a nurse, um, Googled around, you know, between taking care of patients and kind of would do some free code camp or whatever here and there. And then came upon, <clears throat> I couldn't even tell you like how I discovered what a boot camp is or. Yeah. How did you find it? I, I could not, like, I've been thinking about it and I honestly don't remember. Like, I must have seen some Reddit thread or just something on like a Google ad or something that popped up for like a boot camp or a news story or something and just kind of, Ooh, what's that? And then read about this phenomenon of people going and taking like a vocational class and becoming a developer in like three months. Oh, wow. So, um, that led me to Googling like, Oh, are there any in my area? And lo and behold, like, Hey, there's one in Orlando. So <clears throat> a little bit of, dr of a drive for me. And that was kind of like another reservation that I had, but, um, actually like the big thing was, uh, obviously do these boot camps even work? Like, is this, you pay yeah. like thousands of dollars and then like, I read a bunch of reviews. Yeah. Yeah. So tons of like hate out there on the internet over boot camps yeah. from like salty students that just thought it was garbage and also like a scam and developers that get out there and just talk about how like people in a boot camp are wholly unprepared to be developers. And, you know, I just yeah. kind of like, I, I don't want to say that I ignored all of that, but I kind of packed it down and the boot camp that I discovered was like through a university. So I kind of took that as maybe like some shred of credibility and just hoped and prayed and thought like, well, if it doesn't work out, like at least I can say that I tried. 
and signed up. <laughs> and uh, in the end, I mean, it worked out. But I definitely thought, like, my first thought of landing on that bootcamp page was like, "This is a scam, and they're going to get my money." <laughs> it's the internet. Yeah, exactly. It's the scams. internet. This must yeah. be like crap. This must be a like some guy on an island somewhere who's <laughs> devised a way to scam me out of my hard-earned dollars. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I was having a bad day at work, and uh, so I started Googling for uh, other opportunities, and then um, I just wanted to get into coding and had wanted to for a while, and that popped up. And then I did the same thing. I started Googling reviews and reading a bunch of stuff and just wanted to see how legit this was because uh it seems a little too good to be true six months and then you're a quote-unquote full-stack developer yeah there's a lot of marketing magic right like on yeah. the website um i don't even want to like bash the the boot camp that we went to because like it worked out for us oh yeah but, it's, uh, it, it there's there's definitely like a little bit of a dream you know that they're selling on the site to get you into it you know that's the most for-profit schools. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, probably. and I mean, like we can we can talk about like boot camps versus traditional colleges too. But um, there's there's definitely a lot of marketing involved in all of these things, and it's basically like, hey, we're not going to you're not going to pay us money. We're going to teach you something. It's you're going to pay us money, and we're going to get you a job. You know, yeah. we're going to get you this dream developer job, and you're going to be like coding on the beach working remote for some company or some junk yeah. to be fair though um i think it's illegal for them to say you're going to get a job they'll say they'll help you get a job right but they do kind of maybe we can not the best maybe we can pull up the site real quick and just kind of see what the language is um um, well, because uh, I know a lot of for-profit schools got in trouble for like guaranteeing. And so here's like here's what it literally says: um, coding is a fast-growing career track, and the boot camp um, and their uh, class teaches you these specialized skills to tap into this rewarding industry. Through a fast-paced, immersive curriculum, you'll learn the skills needed to become proficient in front-end and back-end programming. So <clears throat> that tap into this rewarding industry is like kind of that marketing language that I'm talking about. Yeah. Where they're kind of like, yeah, you can do it. You can be a developer, which I mean is, <laughs> is not entirely false, but uh, they're definitely like kind of hooking into your hopes and dreams a little bit. Yeah. That's a sales tactic. Yeah. I and it. I mean, if they didn't sign up students, like they couldn't continue to provide the program and education and stuff. So yeah, I can't even say like I'm totally mad over that, yeah, but it works just for like a, a guy having a bad day at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I, I probably was doing the same thing like at the hospital. I was working at a trauma center, so wow. like in the in the ER at a trauma center, just kind of in between disasters. Like, <laughs> let me look at Python while I have a moment of peace. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think I cut you off a little bit. Um, you were saying that. Um, you were having a bad day at work and decided to to sign up. Yeah, yeah, I was just like not happy where I was. I had a bad day at work. I was had been looking at the local uh, community college and um, was looking at their coding program, and um, was thinking about it. Just didn't want to go through all the like 
stuff to because uh, you weren't getting directly into code right away it's like you know there there are other things you had to do also the timing wasn't great and then it would have taken a year or so or two years or whatever if i wanted a full degree and um and then the the six months like the marketing you know uh six months sounds really good uh to kind of change your career and stuff which worked out so um it wasn't too bad it was a lot of hard work a lot like of six months nights. part-time right yeah part-time and then the three-month one that they had was like the full-time five days a week kind of thing. yeah i don't i, I wouldn't do that uh, yeah that's, that's way too much information too fast definitely looking back on it um way too much info yeah but i also kind of was considering an alternative at the time there was a uh not a community college but like a vocational program um in the county that uh, i think worked with cybersecurity. they had like a okay. and, and i think it was a year-long class i think and, a year's good amount if depending on what your focus on is on um like what we did in six months was fine it was a lot of work and late nights and whatnot especially if you have kids and work a full-time job at the same time right but if you were to spread some of that over the course of a year and then you can add a little bit more to it um that'd probably be good i i it's maybe a little harder to market that six months sounds really good so the thing that i thought exploring that other curriculum was that it didn't cover as much as the boot camp did Okay. And also like in college, um, like big boy state university, like legit college. Um, I took a programming class over two semesters and it was like intro to CSS or not CSS, <laughs> intro <laughs> to CS 101. Um, so like Java, binary, hexadecimal, like all that good stuff. And the entire year we never left the command line until the end of the second semester. So all we did was write like four loops over and over and over again. And then like, okay, you can yeah. print a triangle now do it with recursion, you know? And that entire time, like an entire year wasted. I felt like yeah, when I got out of it because boring. I learned so little, whereas the boot camp is like, you're going to make not only the front end, but the server code, like you're going to tie in the database um, they're going to teach you front-end frameworks. So there's a lot more value in my eyes to the, the boot camp class versus like traditional classes. Okay. Yeah, I can, I can see your point. Um, yeah, especially for time. Like someone, I am um, like full-time work and kids and stuff like that. Um, been working at my previous you know uh, field for like 15 years wanting to change careers six months is a pretty good time frame um, yeah and it's like, kind of like less of an investment right yeah yeah although financially <laughs> well i mean even the local program i think was like four thousand dollars versus okay. the boot camp was like 9500 i think yeah around all there. told out the door as they yeah. would say um so i mean the like half the time, twice the money, but also like so much more technology that you're learning and interesting technology, in my opinion. Whereas like I want to think that a traditional college course or something you would do like 
okay, HTML and spend an entire semester on that. And yeah. okay, we're going to do CSS and an entire semester on just like, okay, for this month, we're going to be working on selectors. Whereas, you know, you can get deep into that subject on your own later. Whereas the bootcamp is just like exposing you to this stuff and then kind of like dragging you through as much technology as they can, as they can teach you in a short amount of time. Yeah. What is it like the, what they call it? The, is it 2080 rule? Or maybe 80, 20, 80, 20. I forget what it is. <laughs> like 80% of what you need to know or, or something. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, my, my teacher said it a bunch while do our boot camp. You um, clearly did not pay attention very yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah, I was too busy doing it. So things, yeah, once I think once we got past like, okay, I want to do this. Like if like I'm going to put, I'm all in, I'm doing this thing and then signed up. And then what, what was your experience like after that? There was like, you had to talk to admissions and stuff. Yeah. There's like a to, recruiter kind of person. Yeah. We talked to, um, talked to someone that, uh, kind of walked us through the process or walked me through the process. Um, we had to take a test to, what, what was the test like? Cause I, I want to hear your, your thoughts on that. It was, I don't know. Like they, that's really basic questions like what's the difference between java and javascript and yeah it was like a multiple choice online thing right yeah and like really basic but uh, then also a, a phone and stuff like a that. phone screening right yeah yeah where they asked some a question about um what was it books in a library like how that was different you... from mine oh really yeah you didn't get so that tell one? me tell me what so i know that there was like a basic logic test where it was kind of um very light on programming stuff and then also um just like basic sat logic kind of stuff yeah and they supposedly only take you if you're over a certain percentage but really? i don't i don't know if that's true or not <laughs> well i know for a fact that if you fail it you can take it again <laughs> okay so, yeah. so. I, I have to imagine it's pretty lax because like yeah are, a... do you expect anybody to say no to like Hey, pay us money and yeah. Also, looking at some of like the people that were in the class as well. I mean, yeah, there were some some people in my class that I was like, mm, yeah, I, I, don't I don't think you did very well on the logic test. You know, yeah, or like you know, if they were really trying to weed people out, then that person may not be there. Um, but yeah, yeah that's so, like their bottom line. So yeah. Um. But uh, the the phone question or the phone interview was, uh, I think, having to, I guess, organize books in a library and what order I would do them in. Okay. And, and I guess multi-level, like there, I don't know how many floors in the library. I don't completely remember it. Uh, I answered it well enough to get into the course. <laughs> um I just went through a process like I, you know, take the books alphabetical order because things are kind of done that way in a library and then start from the top down. I think it it was supposed to be the most efficient way to do it. Okay. Yeah. So I wouldn't have to go up and down the stairs as much. Um, But that's about it. So mine also was like this brain teaser logic puzzle kind of thing. Okay. Um, They asked me, they said, uh, every day that you wake up, you make a cup of coffee. And you have like a certain process where you 
make this cup of coffee each morning and you don't deviate too much from this, uh, this plan. So you make your coffee, you have a spoon next to the coffee and you don't use the spoon to stir it, but you use the spoon to get scoops of sugar and add to the coffee and then use like a separate swizzle stick or something to stir. And they said that over the, over the course of time, you notice that sugar begins to crust on the spoon and that is a problem because you're getting like, you know, gross bacteria and stuff growing on the spoon because it's like moisture is crusting the sugar on wherever you put it back in the sugar jar. Wow. Okay. So the question was, how do you modify your process to not have sugar accumulate on the spoon? And you can't use extra spoons or something. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I can tell by your tone, of, your tone of voice that you're like, this is absolutely bananas. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of like thought out out loud and was like, wow, man, maybe you can like keep the spoon in the fridge or something, or use it must fingers. be like like heat off the coffee or something, or like use cube <laughs> sugar, or I don't know. But uh, eventually landed on um, sugar packets. No. <laughs> <laughs> so they they shot all this stuff down. But basically, the the answer is. Um, to instead of pouring the coffee into the cup first, put the sugar in the cup first and then add the coffee. And oh. the reason that it's accumulating sugar crusting onto it is because whenever you scoop the sugar and then hold it over the cup of coffee, the, the steam. steam from the coffee is adding moisture to the spoon. Yeah. And then when you put it back in the sugar jar, like the sugar starts to stick to it. Okay. So I know for a fact that most people in the class could not answer that bonkers bananas question. Did you get to that though? <laughs> Putting the sugar I think in I, I did eventually, but it was not as as like clean and straightforward as I just made it sound. Like oh, I really okay. was like thinking about, man, should I use like two spoons or can I have the spoon in the fridge or can I wipe the spoon off after I'm done putting like the sugar in the cup and just like all kinds of stuff before I finally got to changing the order of coffee and sugar. Oh, okay. But point being, like, what they're obviously doing is checking your aptitude for, like, logic puzzles because that's a large part of programming. Um, yeah. Now, whether or not those scores meant anything in the end as far as, like, accepting you into the program, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I kind of yeah. want to say, just, like, from my gut, they probably don't turn too many people down because, again, it's, like, a for-profit thing. Yeah, maybe but, they do it so they they have a reasonable idea of how many people are going to actually succeed. I mean, sure. It's a way to maybe, I know that they don't want like a bunch of dissatisfied customers because then they really have a hard time getting people to sign up. But, um, again, it's like a for-profit thing. So, and not that, you know, colleges aren't colleges definitely make money off of your tuition. So yeah, they, they also have like marketing and stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, there was also like some pre-assignment that you had to do before the bootcamp. Yeah, did you get yeah, that, that done? Yeah, I got it done. Um, almost um, down to like the well, maybe like a week or so before. But you, um, it was basically like here's like download all these programs and make a basic like HTML page and use CSS and yeah, all that was easy. Um, the thing that took the longest was the um, that was a scratch 
project, Scratch. Items. Oh yeah, they made you make something in Scratch. So if you don't know yeah. out there, Scratch is a visual, like, GUI-based programming language. Yeah, it's so you cool. have like blocks of logic that you drag and drop to make a program. Yeah, created by uh, MIT to get uh, I want to say kids to code. Yeah, I think my daughter said she they use something similar to it. Yeah, if not that in school. Mine as well. So yeah, that was that took a while because it took. I was trying to do something what did you very make? specific. I made a Star Wars, um, basically like a Space Invaders type game. Nice. Yeah, I also yeah. made a shoot 'em up in uh, Scratch. Yeah, it was the, fun. The yeah. funny thing is, I did um, CS50 before I tried the boot camp, mm-hmm. which I probably should have mentioned. But anyway, um, CS50 is like Harvard's intro to computer science thing. And you can take it for free, but part of that is to make something in Scratch. And so when I did that, I tried to make like a 2D platformer, and it was pretty tough. Uh, that sounds, yeah, that sounds pretty. <laughs> and funny. then for the boot camp, I made a, a shoot 'em up with like a helicopter or something. And I think yeah. you shot witches or something ridiculous. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was weird, and it had like a weird like techno music soundtrack on loop. I'll have to pull it up for you, but I had um. So I I found images of a. Uh, X-wing and a Tie Fighter and nice. like star background, like the space background. Dude, you with went like all the, out. Yeah, and I even designed like the I made put the Death Star like in the background and stuff, wow. kind of in the shadows. And then I had the music playing and um like the lasers firing, the sound of the lasers firing whenever you hit the button. Wow, it was cool. You I had went, a lot of fun with that. That's why it, it, it. You went all out on that. Hello? Are you there? Yeah, I think you dropped out for a uh, second there. Did I? This, uh, okay. I may have so, to edit that part. Yeah, Eddie Jr. Jr., if you can cut that out later. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, after you made it through the screening process, did the pre-work, um, I also did the pre-work and, and did all of it, but I know there was a lot of people that didn't do it because like, there were last-minute signups and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, thought, yeah. See, everything I went through made me... I, I, I felt like it had to be done or like they were super strict about it and you get kicked. No, out. I, I definitely want to want to explore that, actually. Um, the expectations of before you got in, because yeah. from my point of view, like they really beat you over the head with this is a really intensive program and it's going to be hard and you need to give it like your all and you need to have like a study plan and have like time set aside each week and all this stuff. And so I came into it like like I was. I don't know. I had to be like a ninja or something or like <laughs> literally going into a boot camp like, all right, I'm going to do this thing or it's going to like kill me basically. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. And like and 20 hours of homework and plus yeah, man, I was like, I'm putting my money on the line. Yeah, like, I'm putting all this time on the line. Um, this is my life. You know, I'm, I'm making like a career change and I'm going to go all out or all in however you want to think about it. And um, I don't, I don't think everybody was in that mindset when they went into it. Yeah, that, that kind of sucks. Well, did remember, you feel that way about your classmates? Um, a little bit, because um, I, I had a hard time with JavaScript uh, when we got to that, and the the guy um that sat next to me when we would do our pair coding stuff, um, he. I don't know. I don't think he did anything after class or whatever. 
and um it just it made it hard to uh sit with someone who didn't seem like they were as into it and then when you're trying to learn together and you're not really getting anywhere so um but yeah like i remember the first day of class i was like don't watch uh what was it at, what was the show at the time uh stranger things yeah like no time for Stranger Things because I think the series, uh, the second season, had just come out or whatever. Okay. And you're gonna spend twenty hours on homework and all this other stuff, like which I ended up doing, but I still watch Stranger Things. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I I definitely noticed that. Actually, I didn't notice. I think I'm like totally oblivious to this kind of thing. But it took me a long time in the class before I noticed that people weren't actually putting a lot of effort into it. Because I, I kind of like had my head down and, and I was so focused on what was happening in the curriculum that I wasn't paying attention to like my classmates. Okay. And what about when you did paired coding stuff? So notice? I had a guy that sat next to me and his um his English wasn't so great. Okay. And he was like kind of behind the eight ball constantly. Mm-hmm. And so he would turn to me and be like, oh, hey, how do we do this? Hey, how do we do this? everything that we went over he was asking me questions about it and it was kind of distracting for me so i I feel bad about it but i had to sit somewhere else because Uh, like answering that guy's questions was distracting me from like my learning so yeah it was kind of tough to i get it yeah i maybe not like the most altruistic thing to to do but like (laughs) i'm putting you know my life on the line by kind of taking this course and i kind of wanted to get everything out of it that I could get out of it. So um, it was kind of like a tough decision that I had to make. But uh, eventually, like, I don't think until project one, maybe like almost halfway mm-hmm. through the course, did I realize that people were not like going all in on it like I was. Uh, yeah. I mean, did you have uh, people in your group that weren't pulling their weight? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh really? Hundred percent. Oh. So, well, my group was pretty good. Uh, it was what three me and two other people. How many people in yours? Um. So three? the first and the second project was four people, and then okay. the third one was a pair. Okay. All right. So mine was uh three and three with the same group, both projects, and then my last project was by myself. Um. Yeah. I that first project was kind of hard and um I don't think we did that great but I put in extra time the second time around to make sure we like knocked it out the park which we did and so I was a lot happier that second time and I yes. hate doing the presentations so <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could just like do the project and leave it as is but... yeah somehow like the the actual presenting was worse than the coding but yeah um so yeah the the, the other people in the boot camp just always kind of blew my mind and um, just the like from day one, the the other careers that were coming in, well, it was really shocking because people were coming in that already had experience. There were people that had no experience but had like professional careers, like not doctors but lawyers, um, lawyers, executives uh, from from businesses like marketing executives. Okay. Um, People that are already working in web development, like doing WordPress or something. Um, CS degree students, as well yeah. as the graduates. Um, there was one guy that was, I think we talked about this last time, 
Yeah. Uh, I was actually a database administrator for like a big company in the area. Yeah. Big like global company. Uh, so I, I just had like people from all walks of life and I, I kind of expected it to be a bunch of like teenagers basically that were coming really? in. Their, yeah. Yeah. I don't know for what reason, but I kind of expected like to be in a group of a bunch of nerds basically. <laughs> and I was going to be like fighting to compete with these people that were going to be blowing me away and just writing like amazing wizard code. And I was, I was going to be over <laughs> here like trying to figure out how to even get into the class. So <laughs> my expectations were, were very high for, for like people I was going to be in class with. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I expected teenagers, but um, we had a pretty good mix from like really young to older, like grandpas. Um, but yeah, uh, um, I don't know. Where were, um, shit. Did you have a bunch of people from like different um, careers in your, in your boot camp? Yeah, there were, I think I mentioned this last time, there were, uh, Project managers, there are two of them. Uh, there are like three or four teachers. Um, and then other people from different walks of life. Uh, some people from the military. Um, really? Yeah, my teacher was a former military as well. Like straight out of the military or just had our veterans basically? Veterans, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think one guy was straight out of the military. Wow. I'm not really sure. Um but yeah, uh, really big mix of people. But like we talked about this last time, my class was a lot smaller than yours. Right. Yeah, I had about um, 30 people in my class. And then we had another, uh, I guess, parallel class that was happening at the same time. And we were uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, and they were Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then we would all have class together on Saturdays. Really? Yeah, so it was like a giant class on Saturday. And then the instructors wow. would tag team alternate Saturdays. That's crazy. Oh, we had nothing like that. Jeez. That's that's a huge class then on, on a Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah, it was massive. Wow. This is kind of cool. Did you meet a lot of people from the other class or networking? Yeah, it, uh, a little bit. I mean, I have like every now and then I'll have people from the other class just like slack me and say what's up or like, hey, can you help me with this code or something? So okay. I, I really tried and my, my teacher was super awesome about kind of making us focus on the, the adult part of the class, like being a professional and yeah. looking at the boot camp as not just, Hey, a vocational program. You're just like here to learn something and get out, but like a networking opportunity and a way to interface with other professionals because okay. he, he liked to point out, um, you know, the guy next to you maybe right now is working at pizza hut or whatever, but in five years, because technology moves so rapidly, like that guy could be a team lead on some startups, like, you know, front end team or back end team or whatever. And maybe you're applying for a job and he's like, Oh, I went to the boot camp with that guy. So, you know, if you okay. make a good impression now, you know, you may be laying groundwork to work with these people later. Yeah. Uh, my teacher is um, pretty big on that as well. Um, and doing something similar to that got me my position now. Yeah, I was going to say, like, was that not 100% true? Yeah. Because it's, it's it, it definitely exactly paid. how I, <laughs> I got my job. Yeah, it paid dividends for me 100%. Like, 
being um, like an adult and working with people and trying to be helpful and having a good impression on your classmates definitely helps uh, when you get out there in the workforce. Like I constantly am interfacing with people from other jobs and other companies and stuff. And anytime that they are like, oh, we're hiring, like, do you want a job? Hey, no, but I know somebody who's good for it, you know? So there, there's always that opportunity to pass somebody along or maybe even get recommended yourself um, if you're somebody that people like to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, that yeah. being said, um, <laughs> not everybody was good to work with. Uh, oh, we were yeah. kind of talking about like the projects and the work ethics. So I oh, feel okay. like you and I definitely put in more than what was expected for the boot camp. Um, do you feel like most people did that or, or did they just kind of like the ones that have jobs did? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's kind of like the core of this whole episode is if you're out there and you're thinking about taking a boot camp, like it can be a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, just but put in the time. Don't expect to just show up and then six or twelve weeks later, like you have a job. <laughs> it does it doesn't work like that. Yeah, unless you're like a genius or something, and you. Can I learn don't think this people without, exist. Yeah, well, they wouldn't take the boot camp anyway. Yeah, probably not. You'd so probably just be self-taught and do it at home. Um, but yeah. So, do you want to talk about the tech stack or what? Yeah. So, um, the boots, the boot camp that we took, uh, used the Mern stack. So, MongoDB, Express, React, and Node.js. And they say that in the marketing, they're like, oh, you're going to learn all this uh, like modern technology and um, state of the art in demand stuff. Whereas the reality of it is you spend most of the time, I think, on the basic skills. It's like HTML, CSS and JavaScript. And then you kind of like in the latter half get the actual MERN stuff down. Yeah, you kind of see the surface of React. Yeah, so like the first half of the course doesn't have anything to do with uh, anything in the MERN acronym. So like the first uh, half of the class is HTML, CSS, JavaScript, jQuery, um, and then a little bit of Firebase. So Very little. Very Yeah, very little. <laughs> I've done more Firebase after. Like, yeah. I did yeah, like me, a... Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, with Angular too and not... Yeah, so that was the other thing is um, I don't want to like beat on the curriculum because I I kind of like it in a way because what it kind of did was take you through the history of web development. So they start you off with basic HTML. And I mean, that's what everybody started with uh, way back in like the mid 90s and then CSS and then JavaScript. And you start doing like the DOM manipulation. And then along comes jQuery and kind of makes things easier, which is what happened in real life. Um, and it allows you to make Ajax calls super easily. And that means that you can start hitting APIs to, to get data and making your application more dynamic. And then from there, um, they introduced a little bit of Firebase, like I said, which is kind of the, the left field portion of the tech stack. And then they start moving into the backend technology. And you learn Node and then Express, so how to make Node into a server. And then um, you start to work with some databases like uh, MySQL and Mongo. Um, also a little bit of like ORM stuff. So basically you're kind of doing the JavaScript equivalent of a LAMP stack, 
where you've got like the Linux, Apache, uh, MySQL, PHP thing, and you're doing the server rendered code basically. So you build a web server and it serves and templates uh, HTML and serves the completed file to the end user. Except for us, it was handlebars instead of PHP. Yeah. So the second project that you go through is is that like server rendered stuff. And then at the very end, boom, React comes. And it's like this big paradigm shift. Yeah. And now and, build your final project in React. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the big uh the big elephant um in the room on that one is like I don't I don't think they give you enough time to learn React. Yeah. It's like two weeks. Did did they kind of like mow you down with React? Because I felt like totally bulldozed by it. Yeah, I mean, like I I had a little bit of tutoring um, while in the boot camp because they offer that for free, um, and my tutor was pretty cool about letting me know what's coming up and kind of prepare me a little bit. So because they also um, get into ES6 and then um, stuff like that, so. I was a little bit prepared, so awesome. it, it was wasn't too thrown off by it. But um, it it, it would takes a little, it's a little bit of a shock after like uh you know uh, everything else we've done, and then they throw that at you and just trying to figure out how to get this new homework done using uh React and stuff like that. Yeah, so part of the hurdle is like you said, ES six. So most of the time in the boot camp, they just at least this specific one. Um, it's all ES5, so it's like var and um, there's no letter cons, there's no arrow functions, there's no like advanced array methods that they show you. Everything's for loops, and then boom, React hits, and all of a sudden, like you're working in classes, you're using arrow functions all over the place. What's uh, a map? You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got a map over an array. Uh, so if you hadn't used any of that before, or like got your feet wet, maybe outside of the very specific stuff the bootcamp's showing you then all of that is kind of going to take you by force. And then on top of that, you've got to learn actual React. So React itself has a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, state, so a little bit getting used to. Yeah, definitely. Because the, the paradigm up until then, like we were saying, was all the server-rendered stuff. And they kind of show you, or at least get you thinking about um, MVC architecture. Like mm -hmm. they start making you make a models folder and then they start telling you yeah. to make like a view and uh, controllers they don't really explain very well. But um, mm -hmm. then it moves straight into React, which is like obviously component based architecture. So uh, having to think about the front end code as its own application within the back end and being served by it, like a, a literal MERN monolith application uh, was a huge thing to, to reason about not having done it before. Yeah, yeah, it took a while. Um, the that first homework, I guess, is called the Clicky Game, whatever it was, right? Which was that that was kind of helpful going through that, and then that kind of helped me understand state. Yeah, it wasn't really until after the boot camp that I really dug in and kind of understood everything that React does and kind of what all that stuff is doing because they show you at the start create React app. And yeah. so before explaining one thing about React, it's like, boom, here's this thing that does Webpack. It has Babel rolled into it. It like creates the project structure for you. Uh, oh, and by the way, do everything in the source folder. And it, it kind of is like wizardry. 
And personally, mm-hmm. like anytime the code is smarter than I am, I start to, it like makes my brain itch. So <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a big thing to, to kind of internalize what all was going on with that. But I mean, in, I was going to ask, did you run into a bunch of problems with your final project or? Oh man, totally. Cause yeah. I did authentication with it. Okay. And that means like I learned at the same time as react, uh, passport JS. Oh, okay. And also OAuth uh, workflow. So mm-hmm. like logging in with Google or Facebook or whatever. Yeah. And <clears throat> learning all that plus React was a huge undertaking. So yeah. I actually didn't do the last homework of the boot camp because I was so deep into trying to figure out how to make it work. I skipped it too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I like the Mern stack, but... I feel like the difficulty of the curriculum is kind of loaded at the at the back half of the course. It, yeah. It like yeah. ramps up at the end significantly. Yeah. And maybe maybe it lulls people into like a false sense of comfort. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but like when you first start Node, it's like you're just making basic command line stuff. Mm-hmm. And you do that for like three weeks. And then finally like start working with MySQL, finally start doing express and then it's like boom 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 everything happens right after that you're doing um a handlebar server uh that integrates with MySQL, then bam project two mongodb react like all one after the other yeah. and if you have like any misunderstanding or like gaps in your in your experience up to that point it really just gets way worse once they start introducing the the front end application stuff. Yeah, um did you ever miss a day? So, I think I I missed one day because my car died. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, um I think my gosh, what was it? I think my water pump went out. Oh, wow. And, and so I was just grounded on that Saturday. And then uh I think I got it fixed on a Monday and was able to make Tuesday. Oh, or, okay. or or was it Monday? I can't even remember now. But yeah, <laughs> I think I missed that. And what did you miss? It was um it was a day early on, and it had to do with interview questions. Oh okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, they yes. had Go they ahead. had a couple days um in the curriculum that were built uh kind of like piggybacking on the project weeks like exploring um interview questions testing okay um and then like at the latter half like you get a week of uh a localized curriculum and also like computer science stuff yeah and i I think for the most part like people are working on their projects during that time so they just kind of ignore all that (laughs) half paying attention to uh, because you want to work on your project or want help with your project yeah. So yeah. maybe we should explain like what the projects are. Um, basically, in the boot camp, uh, they have all this stuff. You have regular homework assignments, but then you also have projects that you had to do. And this is just our specific boot camp. I'm not. I can't, you know, vouch for the other ones out there, but they probably do something similar. But you make um, these three like keystone or capstone or whatever cute name you want to have for them. Three big group projects during the curriculum. And these are meant for you to add to your portfolio so that when you go out there and get a, you know, start applying for jobs, you have something to show employers. 
like, yeah, I can code and here's my project. Mm-hmm. So um, my three ones were were kind of silly. I had like a GoFish card game that I made uh, for oh, Project okay. One, um, which cool. like under the hood was like kind of impressive, I, I thought, because it used Firebase to do like real time multiplayer game uh, oh, really? functionality. But then was like really silly because it was <laughs> it was a card game, <laughs> <laughs> whereas people were tapping into like solve real world problems with their projects. Um, and then I did like a bookmark manager uh, application for like teams to do like group uh, bookmarks. And then my final project <clears throat> in React was a uh, a medication management tool for patients to have like a place where they could log in and track their medication list. Okay. Uh, what, I guess what, I'll uh, tell you mine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one was a budgeting app. It was... Uh, um, I made a really poor attempt at trying to use some kind of OCR, which to read a receipt and whatever. That's like but heavy it, duty for a yeah, yeah, project I went one. Way over. <laughs> Dang, dude. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. We never got to really use it, but we ended up doing like a really basic kind of crud thing where you like logged in what you bought, and then um, I used like a. I forgot which API to get like the daily deals thing. If you wanted to get coupons and stuff like that. Um, the second one was basically asynchronous Pictionary. So um, I use like HTML canvas so you can draw a picture. Wow. That is saved. also a hard thing to pull off. If yeah. you're not like good at JavaScript. Yeah. Um, well, I, I found a bunch of tutorials that kind of helped me through some of this. Okay. Um, but uh, so you would draw a picture that saves to your account. And then if you were if you wanted to guess, because you can when you logged in, you can choose to guess or draw. If you draw, you get a random like prompt. You draw that thing as best as you can. You submit it. Then you can guess um, and you get a random drawing and you would uh, guess what it is and then rate it. And then we created scores by the rating. OK, and then. And that's kind of as far as we got with that. Uh, but it was that was pretty cool. Uh, my final project was basically very similar to to Bitmoji, where I created um, avatars of people's faces. So I drew a bunch of eyes and faces and different styles of hair and whatnot, and people can create their themselves as an avatar. Um, I used uh, Fabric JS to build that out and then it would save it to MongoDB and then you could place that on a t-shirt or a mug or a pillow or something like that. And then I also used, um, you ever use A-Frame? No, I haven't. So um, use A-Frame to use to do AR and you can um, see Augmented what, reality? Yeah. Dude, and you guys you went see, all out on your project. I did this by myself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And then you can see what it would look like on, like, so if you took the little hero um, printout or whatever, you could put it on your shirt or whatever to see, and where you can kind of get an idea of what the thing would look like. Um, if you Dude, that is bonkers bananas. I can't believe you did that for your, sec- your final project. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I, I really, it's what basically did, got me my job. So. Did all these things work in the end? Yeah, yeah, they all work. So they were finished and like not incomplete projects yeah well 
my final project, the only thing I didn't do is I, I didn't have authentication. Okay. So, um, and it wasn't mobile friendly, but everything else works. Okay, cool. So for the amount of time I had, I just had to choose what to cut out and to get the other things in. So you said um, that your final project got you hired. Yeah. Did did the employers look at your other projects that you know of? Um, like, did they even I don't, mention them? I don't know, actually. No, because the reason my final project impressed a person in my class that also went to my boot camp, mm-hmm. and that person got hired somewhere else and recommended me, which is how I got um, okay. how I got in the door anyway. And then from there, you know, interviews and, uh, you know, testing and whatnot, I, I got the job. Awesome. So that's, that's really interesting that you say that because in the end, it wasn't just doing a good project. It was like having a good relationship with people from class that got you hired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Connections there and um, talking to people on LinkedIn. It's very helpful. So also interesting, like for me, I know that I got grilled a lot on my final project. Um, but my other two projects, like nobody even looked at as far as I know, like they are on my portfolio. They're on my resume, but I have not answered any questions about them from employers or from people interviewing me. So I want to say maybe one interview I was, I think I was asked just what I did basically. But they didn't specifically say like, tell me about project two. No, no. And which kind of sucks because, uh, I think the recruiter told me, oh, they might ask you specifically about XYZ or whatever. And then I would study up on it and then go to the interview and none of those things came up. Yeah. So the final project um, is the one that actually uses React. Um, yeah. Did you use React for your final? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Me as well. So from my experience, like that's what all the questions were about and like what the interest was from uh, recruiters and people interviewing. And like, if it didn't, if it wasn't a front end application framework project, then they didn't care about it. So like the stuff that used jQuery or handlebars or whatever, like I didn't have to field any questions about that stuff. And I don't think people actually looked at it. And if they did, they didn't ask me anything about it. So uh, definitely not as important as like the final project. Yeah, that was super important. And, uh, well, at least for me, it's the one that I put the most time into. Yeah, so mine um, did have authentication, did have Passport, uh, used uh, OAuth um, authentication uh, at, through Google specifically, and also was uh, mobile-friendly. Um, but it was, at the end of the day, basically like a CRUD app. It just kind of had an interesting uh, API integration where you would add the medications to your med list, but then it would pull from some FDA uh, APIs and it okay. would take those results and then process that data to tell you if you had any drug interactions uh, on your med list. So if you took like two drugs together and those could potentially be dangerous, like it would give you a warning about that. That's cool. Yeah, but I mean, like nobody even cared about that. I just got questions about how I implemented Passport. <laughs> so, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, even um, so, I've I've had two uh, like developer jobs so far, and both interviews like 
didn't ask me about the what I thought was the interesting part, which was the API integration. And they just yeah. kind of asked me about like, oh, you, I see you used React. How was that? Oh, you used Passport. How, how did you feel about setting that up? And that, that was kind of the extent of the questioning about it. Oh, wow. Which was, I thought, pretty interesting. So yeah. um, did you have any like hurdles with uh, the your teammates on the group projects? Uh, actually, no. Because um, first and second project, we were, it was the same team. Okay. And um, we work pretty well together. So, um, yeah, we split the work apart um, pretty evenly. And then um, if one of us was done, we helped out. And So you had like overall pretty I would good experience. Probably consider like a rare experience. <laughs> and from my point of view, like how this usually goes is the first project, they pick the teams for you. And yeah. you kind of have like a 50-50 of maybe half the people know what they're doing and the other half have no idea. Oh. And so basically for project one, like as far as the JavaScript and jQuery stuff, I did almost all of it. Oh, and okay. then this other guy did like some amazing CSS animations. So the it was a go fish game, but we made it look like it was a fish tank. And he oh, made cool. like fish animate across the screen and bubbles like come up in the uh, like where the cards were being displayed. That's awesome. So I was like, that's, that's legit. Like nobody cares about my JavaScript. They're just going to look at those <laughs> bubbles and be like, whoa, look at this. So I was super happy about that. Um, project two, I picked or I got a, a choice of who my teammates were going to be. And I think it was a five man team. And oh. no. Myself and one, two, three. Yeah, five. And so myself and one other guy did like 90% of the coding. Oh, wow. And then the other three guys like helped out, but didn't hardly commit anything. Oh. But one guy did a readme that was off the chain. So really? <laughs> I can't really complain too much. So I I did the uh, the back end of it. So I did the my SQL SQLized Node and Express part in like a weekend and made like all the endpoints. I was like, okay, bam, my part's done. You guys can start doing the front end. And it didn't happen. <laughs> wow. So like the one guy, um, I helped him out with the handlebars a little bit. And what he basically did was make the HTML and the CSS. And so he had like the layout done and I just like came in afterwards and hooked everything up with jQuery. And then in the end, like it all came together, but I had to put a lot of code into that. But then project three, like, I guess you could say I kind of learned my lesson and who I wanted to work with. <laughs> and so I picked the smartest dude that I could in the class, <laughs> like you and me, we're going to make a dynamite project. And then we did. So uh, that really worked out in the end. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other people were not as lucky. Like I saw a lot of or heard a lot of complaints about people not pulling their weight. And people like fighting over like committing bad code. And like, I feel that there was a lot of lessons to be learned from just wrestling Git and teamwork and project management from those projects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I was lucky. <laughs> you didn't have like any merge conflicts in any of your projects? Um, we had a couple, but I was never the, um, I guess the, the cold, the code, uh, master or whatever, um, holding, you know, doing all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah sorry. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm still not great at that stuff, but you um, you I need try. a card for your desk that says Codemaster. <laughs> That's a cool title. That would be legit. I think I'm yeah. gonna add that to my resume. Like Lee Warwick, Codemaster. Uh, I could have sworn that someone had a name for like a funny name for it in the class, but anyway. Um, but yeah, I wasn't the one merging the code or, or doing stuff like that. I so yeah, so I wasn't handling I don't know. I was usually pretty careful when I would do stuff or push anything. And um and yeah. But like I said, I was pretty lucky with the the people I was working with. They were pretty So cool. my uh instructor, he when he picked the teams, he picked who was going to be group leader also. Oh, so really? I guess he thought I was doing well, so he made me group leader for project 1. Project 2, I said I'm not doing it again <laughs> because of like all the git madness and stuff. And one of the guys in my group was like a person with managerial experience and like had worked at a company high up and so had like a lot of experience in that. And so he was group leader, but then he went out of town for like two weeks. Oh, and then, so you then I, I became de facto group leader. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Project 3, it was a, a, a team a pair. Uh, so myself and the other guy, uh, we just kind of knocked it out together. So we didn't have to do too much project management stuff. All right, cool. But yeah, yeah the um, the the projects and the 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 work ethic. Um, I think like the 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 better your work ethic and the more time you're putting in, like definitely pays dividends in the end. Yeah, yeah. You get what you put. You get out of it what you put into it. I mean, they say that about everything, and it's yeah. really corny. And I kind of roll my eyes whenever I hear it, <laughs> but it's so true. Yeah, uh, especially for this. Did did your family like give you a bunch of of grief about spending a bunch of time in your office? No, no. Well, uh, occasionally. Well, I I would do everything after my kids go to sleep. So you're so, still spending the time. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, after they go to sleep. So the I, expectation I, I think was like twenty hours a week. Yeah, yeah. I was around that. And that probably. Kind of, I think I told myself I was probably putting in like 40. Okay. Just from like time at work when I was looking at like documentation or reading code or whatever. And then at home and then um, asking my fiance about it. She says 40 hours a week, you're doing a hundred hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> so there was definitely a commitment level that was, uh, that was there. Uh, I think on, on both our parts. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I would also do stuff at work too. When, uh, I like listening to podcasts or uh, listening, not podcasts really, but, um, like YouTube videos and stuff like that. Right. Um, just to like, if I had a problem in a project or homework, I would do a little snippet of code, um, and just go over that and try to figure it out. Yeah. So there was, there was a lot of self-learning going on, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know for me, like, I would come back out of class and I'd be like, man, they, they talked about this, but they didn't really explain it. And I would just, like, go off on documentation, like MDN or W3Schools, or just find, like, a YouTube video that kind of went over the same technology, same subject, and yeah, just kind of, like, pick my favorite people and just kind of check out what they had to say about it. And that got me really far, I thought. Yeah, it was helpful for me to hear someone else explain the same thing 
just from their perspective or you know yeah, the way they explain things um and that was super helpful yeah absolutely so kind of that that combination of having the work ethic but then also like exploring beyond what they teach you in class mhm so that that really i think set people apart in the boot camp and the the people that did that like you said in the beginning those people have jobs already yeah and the people that just kind of limp through like they don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> you you can find them like complaining on slack channels or on linkedin and stuff and i took this boot camp but i can't get hired and you look at their github heat map and it's like completely white because they haven't committed any code since they got out of the boot camp yeah well mine's kind of white right now too yeah but you have a job and you're committing yeah. to private <laughs> repos so that's that's not the same yeah. um it's so guilty you've <laughs> <laughs> got like github commit guilt a little bit sometimes wow I need um, to well not just because well just because I feel like I should be working on something else, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> moving on from like the work ethic stuff, uh, how did you feel about the the cost of the boot camp? Was it like too much, or you felt like it was worth it? Or, um, well, it's hard to say. Uh, I feel like it was worth it because I have a job, and um, yeah. I, I, it's it's about right. So, yeah. like for a, a career change to spend um, ninety five hundred, I think it came out to. Yeah. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, it's like buying a car, you know, a used car. Yeah. A, a decent used car, and um, like for the money, I can't really gripe about it. No. You know, making like a career change to a career that I love and am passionate about, um, for the price of like a Honda. <laughs> I can't really say too many bad things about it. Um, yeah. Now, that being said, like there are way more expensive boot camps out there. Yeah. And some are shorter. Yes. Uh, and, and more expensive. Yes. So there are boot camps that will like only teach you HTML and CSS and JavaScript. Um, there's some that will only teach you React. Uh, there are boot camps out there that are three times the cost of the one we paid for. Uh, and then also some where you can sign up and they take like a percentage of your salary for so many years. Wow, really? Yeah, so you pay nothing up front, but then you sign a contract that's like once you get hired as a developer making above a certain amount of money, you owe them a percentage up to a certain amount. Wow. Yeah, so that, I mean, you don't have a loan, but you kind of have a loan in the end anyway. Yeah. I don't um, know if I like that. Yeah, it, it's kind of like gives you that gut feeling of, Ugh. yeah. and I think the first words that come to mind are indentured servitude. <laughs> and I don't know if that's fair or not, but because uh, I think the the upshot of that is they have an investment in you, right? Because they're paying for that education, like they're paying instructors, they're paying for their platform, their curriculum, and then you're taking it for free and then they don't make a dime unless you're successful. Is that the uh, the business plan? I mean, it's, yeah, I yeah. mean, so they make no, so if you never get a job, they just yeah. And I don't know what kind of contract stipulations there are for that because yeah, I haven't I, I haven't looked too deep into it. But uh, yeah. that's that's kind of the thought process behind it. I feel like you may end up paying them something at some point. Yeah, I feel like there's there's not a great chance that you're just kind of 
going to audit the class basically and not do anything afterwards. Yeah. That doesn't seem like it would happen. Yeah. But that, so yeah, there's, there's different, like boot camps are wholly unregulated, right? They, they kind of come up mm-hmm. with their own curriculum and there's no oversight. It's just whatever reviews you read online and that's all they're accountable for. So yeah, that being said, like, I don't think I'd be sitting here as a developer if I had gone back to college, right? I'd, I'd still be in college. Yeah. Yeah. That was on a, and a, probably not be happy with it. Yeah. Same here. That because was... like college, they don't follow the industry trends as much. Like you're going to mm-hmm. go to college and learn like Java and C and stuff. And maybe like, um, machine learning, not machine learning, machine language kind of stuff, like really low level processes and about like operating systems. And as a web developer, you don't really touch any of that. So like if you're Mm -hmm. looking to get a job working in like as a backend guy doing Java or something, like maybe that's a career path, but definitely don't have to go to college to do that. And it's, it's good knowledge to know, but I don't feel like it's something that you couldn't go learn on your own. Like once you know that you're cut out for this. Yeah. Like, I don't think like signing up for college is, is a good way to find out whether or not you like programming (laughs) and and you may or may not like it when you're having to write like C right off the bat, you know? Yeah. Like starting with HTML, it's like, Ooh, I made a list. Ooh, I, you know, it, it yeah, became a document. Something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas C, you're like, oh, I wrote a for loop. Oh, it didn't work. Ah, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what is the standard in, standard out crap? So it's it's very uh, it's very tough to get into, I think. Yeah. So I really can't complain too much about like being a, a boot camp student because like it worked for me. They set up front; it was going to be hard. You know, so I did work hard and I gave it my all. And that put me, I think, above the typical student coming out of there. And that's who's going to get hired, right? Yep. Like I said, like, those are the ones that got hired. Yeah. Like, look at your projects. You did like freaking AR and OCR and, and all that stuff. Those are. Well, like, I, I, we never got things. to the OCR. I tried to do OCR. <laughs> Still, like, like that's that's heavy, you know, or even yeah. working with Canvas is uh that's that, was fun. that, that yeah, can be some intensive logic that's happening yeah yeah it was pretty intense um, um yeah. just just touching on like the self-taught stuff uh before we move on okay. um i know i did like a little bit of free code camp and also uh i talked about cs50 which is the harvard um intro to computer science class that you can like take online for free what kind of stuff did you do and, and were you getting anywhere with it? Before the boot camp? Yeah. Um, I really didn't do much. Um, like I said in like an, on a, the last episode, I took a really bad uh, JavaScript course. Um, and when I was taking this web design um, thing at, at another school. And um, so after that, I didn't really do much. But I've done a lot more self-learning, like after, um, after the boot camp. Like it, uh, last month, I started learning Java. Um, I had to put it down for a little bit because it uh, got into some other projects. But I plan on getting back into that. 
um, and and start like doing more uh, mostly Udemy stuff, which is where okay. I learned a lot of my stuff. Do you think you would have got anywhere if you were just doing the self-taught route? No, I'm not. I, I feel like I'm not that disciplined. Yeah, me neither. So <laughs> I, I did the self-taught stuff, like free code camp or whatever. But there, there's kind of two problems with that in my eyes. Uh, the first being like what you just mentioned, the motivation. So throwing down that money and saying like, I'm going to become a developer or I'm going to waste all this money. Like that's a huge commitment. So you're kind yeah. of like pot committed. They like to say in poker. Um, and then the second thing that really is kind of the unspoken, unrealized portion, I feel is they're telling you what to learn. They're like, Hey, we've done the research. We've done the, um, the curriculum building. And these are the things that you need to know as a developer and to get hired. And they put them together and like, boom, here's what you need to do. And they have a plan. Whereas if you just sit down, you're like, uh, I guess I want to program. Um, you're kind of at the mercy of the internet and kind of analysis paralysis where there's a bajillion coding languages, uh, even just like web technology. There is so much web technology out there. And how are you going to know like what to do? I mean, some Googling would probably tell you like React. But, you know, maybe beyond that, like, if you had just sat down and tried to learn React, do you think you would have been successful? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think so either because React, like I probably would have started that and been like, this is a nightmare, you know? Like coming from zero into that, woof. That <laughs> that would have broke me, I think. Yeah, yeah. Although we did, or you still do work with a guy that that's how he did it. Like he just yeah. sat down and learned React and then got a job, right? Yep. I but think that, said that was the first thing he, he he set out to learn when starting the program is react yeah and it's crazy he is he is kind of a maniac <laughs> yeah i don't think that's the typical uh path or that that would work for most people no not at all uh, definitely would not have worked for me <laughs> <laughs> so uh definitely found a lot of value in that um guidance from like the curriculum and, and the plan of the boot camp like you like you're going to pay us. Yeah. But we're going to guide you in this journey of like learning how to code and like where to spend your time. And yeah, there's, there's like, there's things out there that exist to do that. Like, um, the Odin project, for instance, is basically like a free open source boot camp. Oh, really? And it, yeah, it's like its own curriculum that you go through. And I checked that out briefly before I started the coding bootcamp. But first of all, the motivation got me. And second, mm. its curriculum is focused on Ruby on Rails. Oh, okay. So if I had finished that, um, I don't think I would have got a job because Ruby is like not popular at all where we're at. Yeah. yeah. So I if you're seeing any of that, I've seen some postings, around. but they're only really? for senior developers. Oh, okay. And I don't think you're going to get picked up if you just have like basic ruby on rail skills for a senior ruby on rails job uh, although i will like throw a shout out to um to wise poignant guide to ruby have you ever heard of that no okay so it's um anybody out there that's like knows ruby is like shaking their head and like cheering right now but uh, it's this really cool like web comic basically that's a programming guide for the ruby language really yeah, and the the cat's name is Y, 
like W H Y. And so that's like the author, like fourth wall breaking person teaching you Ruby. So it's like super bizarre and amazing. Um, you should check it out, but uh, yeah, I think I'm going to. <laughs> I have it bookmarked. Uh, one day I want to like come back to it and kind of read through Send it, me maybe the link. see if I can um, understand what the heck was going on. But reading it with zero programming knowledge like wasn't doing it for me. So <laughs> um, I kind of understood uh, like at at a base level. But um, the other thing that the boot camp provides for you is it's like forcing you to code. Whereas a lot of the self-taught stuff, you can just like yeah. watch videos until your eyes bleed and never actually write any lines of code. And if yeah. you don't write the code, you're not going to learn anything. Because it's the the debugging and the failing <laughs> that really like makes you learn what's happening. Yeah, and also like just having a, a deadline like forces me to like make sure I'm yeah 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 what's working that on uh... something and getting getting it done and. I forget how the saying goes, and I'll sound like an idiot, but uh, basically it's like... I've done that a few times already. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, if you you give yourself so much time to do a task, that's how much time it's going to take. So if you're like, I'm going to clean my room this week, it's going to take you a week. But if you're like, I'm going to clean my room in 10 minutes, then you can probably get it done in 10 minutes. Maybe not with the same thoroughness, but I think there's a lot of procrastination that happens. Uh, like the more time that you give and like the more non-work activities that you do. Mm-hmm. And so that that tight deadline system really like pushes you through a lot of that stuff. So I think people that um, maybe that are going to like one person takes the boot camp and one person does their own self-taught stuff, that self-taught person is going to kind of meander a little bit more and they're going to take a lot longer, a lot longer to learn those technologies than um, people in the boot camp. Yeah. Um, so, nerd minute. Oh, uh, maybe last thing. Like, <laughs> was it worth it? Did, was the oh, worth it? I thought we covered this. Um, yeah, definitely. I'm working. Yeah, me, me too. So, <laughs> uh, I got a a great job. I'm a lot happier than I was as a nurse. Um, so, yeah, it it worked for me. Hooked on phonics worked for me. <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers those commercials. I do. Okay, so I'm not the only old man here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we want to move on to some non-development tech stuff. Yeah, um, I, I'm a little excited about the. Uh, did you watch the new Star Wars trailer? I did. I did. <laughs> uh, so, what were your thoughts on that? Oh, it it's cool. It has. Uh, oh no, it it um. Getting some of the same feelings I, I had when I started, uh, went around Force Awakens. Okay. Um, so you're excited guess, about Force Awakens? Yeah, yeah, super excited. Because um, episode eight was very bad and um, okay. kind of killed things. And I'm kind of <laughs> on this roller coaster. So I'm kind of hoping so you, to be up on. You liked The Force Awakens, but you didn't like Last Jedi. No, that was bad. I okay. like looking at it like the that last like 20 minutes of the movie or whatever when they're on that other planet with the red sand right uh, the salt in the sand or whatever like the Um, only part that luke skywalker plays like a luke skywalker part yeah yeah that uh, that part's really cool and they're they're major spoilers for episode eight (laughs) (laughs) and seven and and the 
the battle with Kylo and Ray and whatnot. That that was pretty cool. I thought that was okay. Like I, her, her and him fighting the Imperial Guards or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, it looks good. Like the movie looked good, but the I think the action stuff. is superior to the prequel movies, like the lightsaber duels and stuff. Yeah, I think I think they did a better job than George Lucas did with like the prequel lightsaber battles. Mm-hmm. But like, what a mess of a plot. Yeah, in my opinion. like both of them, seven and eight. Like, what the heck? Really, seven too? Yeah, I, I'm not really like it's. I I kind of like the we're gonna pick up with new characters that are gonna be like the new uh, Luke, Han, and Leia. Mm-hmm. And so they have like um, Ray, um, this uh, what's his name, John Bodega's character, and having a brain, Poe Dameron. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So you've kind of got like the Resistance fighter um, that is the X-wing ace. You got like the Everyman, um, who was like the stormtrooper, and then Ray, who's like obviously the Luke Skywalker of the new trilogy. Um, so that part was good and I kind of like the action in that movie. Definitely like the lightsaber stuff, um, in episode seven, but then eight takes like this huge left turn in my opinion. Yeah. So like they kind of movie can be cut out. Exactly. Yeah. Like the whole <laughs> the casino, the, thing. the whole casino thing was like yeah. a waste of time, right? Just a totally yeah. immaterial, like romp that had no consequence characters to do so exactly put them over here like we want to have this this other character and we want you know john bodega to do stuff so let's kick him off the spaceship for some random planet (laughs) adventure (laughs) and then i also kind of felt like they they didn't really do luke skywalker justice in seven or eight like in seven, well, he's at the seven, very. He's end. not in it. Yeah, which is first of all, like, what the heck? Nothing. Oh, that's like, fine. I he's at the very that. end of the movie. Yeah, because he would have to give room for the new characters to like, you know, shine and whatnot. That's fine. I mean, okay, but then in uh, episode eight, the Last Jedi, um, he's just a cranky old man. He's just a curmudgeon. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I totally loved the parts where he's just, like, angry, cranky, get off my lawn, drinking, yeah. like, weird alien milk bits. <laughs> like, I had a really good chuckle at that. And I absolutely loved um, Yoda. Yeah, I was cameo. just going to say that, too. Like, yeah. wow, that's maybe one of my favorite moments out of Star Wars. Yeah. But, uh, like, Ray and her, like, force training was absolute nonsense, in my opinion. <laughs> Like at the beginning of the like the trilogy, she's just like this ultra powerful force user. And then she's supposed to go to Luke for guidance and then like doesn't get much. And then at the end of episode eight is like moving massive boulders and stuff with the force. Right. Yep. So it it was like, where was the character progression? She like was good at the force and then is still good at the force. Didn't really learn anything about dark side light side and is already good at a lightsaber so i'm not really following the character arc i mean in the original trilogy luke seems to become 
a Jedi pretty quickly as well. Yeah, well, yeah, but he also is kind of like just a kid in episode four. And then, like, he starts to come into his own after he's training with Yoda. And yeah, then by, I mean, there's... By Return of the Jedi, he's like, he's a badass, right? He's, yeah. like, doing flips and, like, grabbing his lightsaber and, like, rolls up into to Jabba's palace, like, you know, I am the last Jedi kind of thing. And Rey just, like, kicks butt the entire first and second movie of the new trilogy. Yeah, I mean, when we meet her she's already like kicking ass with the exactly that she has so like the only character progression that i can follow is like her identity crisis so she doesn't know who she is Uh, and then i guess the whole point of seven is she's trying to find out and then eight is basically telling us um and her that she's a nobody and that she just needs to like suck it up buttercup like don't let that you know influence you and lean into the dark side because you don't know who your parents are. And yeah. kind of that little cameo with the kid uh, force gripping the broom at the end was kind of supposed to be like, well, the force is always out there, whether or not there's Jedi. Right. Yeah. And Yoda yeah. saying like, forget the books, you know, but then she grabs the books. And so <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> kind of this huge mess. And then at the end, like there's this emotional send off of Luke that is at the same time, like, incredible but then not enough for my blood at least what what did you think about that a good segue because then he rises right uh you're talking about uh, the <laughs> yeah, new the trailer movie. <laughs> yeah so i have a feeling that they're gonna do something like ham hocked with ray's past and like link her into the skywalker bloodline somehow or they're talking about kylo ren uh oh okay i see what you mean because he's the the child of like Han Solo and Leia, right? Yeah. And Solo. So I there guess was a part in that last movie where I thought there there might be like a switching of sides or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what they've, happens. They've kind of like not laid any groundwork for it. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've kind of like, I think, uh, what was it? J.J. Abrams had The Force Awakens and then Rian Johnson had... Um, Last Jedi, and now it's back to J.J. Abrams for the yeah. last or the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. So they've kind of like J.J. set up this. Like I know him, right? J.J. Abrams set up <laughs> um, this this plot arc, right? And then Rian Johnson like totally goes off in a different direction, and now yeah. they're doing this course correction thing with the last movie. So I, I, my hopes are not very high for it. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm, well, I'm always hopeful. I mean, the only all the Star Wars stuff to come out since it started again. Um, that episodes eight, the only thing I didn't like because I like Rogue One. I thought Solo was really good. Yeah, but those both lean really heavy into the original trilogy. Yeah, that's probably why I like them. Whereas but, the most recent movies are kind of doing everything they can to distance themselves from. I mean, that episode seven takes from like it's basically a new hope. Right. So that's what I'm just saying. They're, they're, they're I don't know. I mean, maybe a, a new like, hope, but with totally different characters. Yeah, yeah. So I and mean, then, I, I like liked they, that. They basically kill off Luke Skywalker, and then mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher's in the new one, but you know, obviously has passed away in real life. 
So doesn't yeah. have like a, a very big role, I'm assuming. So like From, I was watching the news this morning and they um there was an interview with JJ Abrams. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> mean you don't have him on speed dial. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And uh, he said that uh, a lot of the footage they use for this is stuff they cut out of seven. Okay. So that's how they were able. So that to, so that makes me used, feel like they reused footage. There was a later decision to reshape the the storyline of episode eight. It may have been like, hey, let's you know, well, we've kind of written ourselves into a corner by getting rid of Luke and Han, so let's go back and like salvage whatever footage we have of Carrie Fisher so that we can have her play a role in episode eight and maybe give this, give the fans something from the original uh, movies and characters that they all like. Yeah. Well, these things get rewritten and redone all the time. Yeah. So uh, I'm kind of like, ha- I have an open mind to see, you know, what the end result is because obviously they're like throwing piles of money at it to, to get it done. But at the yeah. same time, I don't really understand where they're going with it. And if you have to get to the last movie before the other two movies make sense, that just isn't really good writing, in my opinion. Mm. I don't know. I'm just happy it's it's coming. You're just like Star Wars. Bring yeah, it. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, matter. Where and it on is. Christmas. I like that, too. <laughs> it, it was a tradition uh, with my daughter uh, going to see the movies. Um, so yeah. from, from the trailer, um, the nerd minute always becomes like nerd 20 minutes, I feel like, but, uh, yeah. from the trailer, Ray has, uh, Luke Skywalker, I think, right. Or Luke's lightsaber. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, uh, we see like Kylo Ren's, um, TIE fighter, I think. I think so. And then is Lando it? Calrissian's yeah, in it. Carrie Fisher, yeah. obviously. And the big thing was Palpatine's laugh at the end, right? Yeah. Um, which was so I I guess I wasn't completely paying attention because I watched the trailer on my phone and the volume wasn't completely up, so I didn't even realize. Um, so let me spoil it for you. Um, <laughs> at the very end of the trailer, someone at uh, work brought it up. <laughs> you see the date, I think, um, uh, or the the title card, and you hear Palpatine's laugh. So this begs the question of, and that, that was another weak point for the new movies was Emperor uh, Snoke oh, or yeah. Chancellor Snoke or whatever the hell his name was. He, in the end, he like didn't matter and got like, yeah, he got uh, basically like a, a plot assassination where they just like wrote him out of the plot. Yeah. Um. So are they shoehorning in Palpatine at the end to kind of make the whole nine movies make sense or? I don't know. I like I I don't know. We're gonna do some some big plot points in the last movie to make everything tied together. A big ghost battle. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> some, <laughs> some like force ghosts between Luke and Obi Wan and Anakin and Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know where they're going with that. And they really like they the whole first order like was kind of a stretch for me in the beginning. But then, like, getting rid of Snoke and having, like, Kylo just lean really hard down the, like, the prequel trilogy Anakin plot path, I felt. Uh, I see. Like, just being this one-dimensional um, bad guy. 
who's like just his own rage is his only like personality trait. And that's kind of all you get with him. And then so the villains for this are kind of weak, in my opinion. Like the kind of a one note character, I guess, for for Kylo. Uh, Like he plays off of Luke a little bit in seven or I'm sorry, in, in Last Jedi. But otherwise. He's not as angry around Ray. He's just kind of like a Vader substitute. Basically, yeah. And then the trailer, he's like repairing his helmet. Yeah, 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 exactly. So they're kind of like uh, also like course correcting. I feel like he smashes his helmet in Last Jedi and now somebody is repairing it. Yeah, I didn't like that. So. I like his helmet. Yeah, I don't know what, uh, again, where they're trying to go with this, but it seems like a lot of course correction from the last Jedi. So uh, I'm skeptical, but hopeful, I guess is the long story short. Cool. I'm super hopeful. <laughs> Just the, <laughs> the, the diehard star Wars fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything else? Are you a game of Thrones fan? I am, but I haven't watched the, uh, the, the latest episode. So uh, okay. maybe I, I won't Wednesday. Say yeah. Okay. Don't spoil it for me. Everyone see... dies. <laughs> oh my god! He he. It's like the worst spoiler for Game of Thrones because the dragon I feel like, eats everybody. <laughs> I feel like that's gonna happen anyway, just the way that uh, that stuff is written. But yeah, I did see uh, Shazam uh, over the weekend. But I, oh, I did you? Like, like I maybe we can talk about that on the next episode. A little All bit. right, cool. I'm um, interested in that. What something come out this weekend? Oh, doesn't Hellboy come out soon? It's out. It's I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah, I may out. see Hellboy before. I really want to see um, Us, uh, which is, uh, what is it, Jordan Peele from uh, Key and Peele? Okay. What I think that's that? his name. Yeah. You know Key and Peele? Yeah. Uh, one of them has like now launched a like impressive career as a director, and he made... um. Oh, okay. What was that movie? Get Out. Uh, Get Out, yes, which was, I thought, really good. Yeah, uh, and now he's awesome. come out with another horror movie called Us, and I'm pretty it's excited out. about it. Yeah, it's out. So Hellboy right. and Us are out. I know because <clears> I went to a drive-in. Like you went those, to a drive-in. Yeah, those still exist in America. Just throw it out there. Uh, my town, my small small town, actually has a drive-in, which is kind of magical. And uh, so they were playing Dumbo and Shazam on one screen, okay, and uh, Us and Hellboy on the other. So I was like, ah, oh, I really want to see Shazam, but oh, I really want to see the other two movies. But I had the family you can't with me, just so... drive away. Oh yeah, your family. Okay. Yeah, so they um they kind of got Hell through Shazam, right? and then they were like, we're ready to go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, they they wouldn't have liked. Uh, I don't think us. Yeah. And I don't know if they would have cared for Hellboy. So okay. The comic nerd in me is always ready for that, but they're they're yeah. not huge comic nerds like I am. All right. Yeah, I didn't know that was out already. I, I may have to go to the movies this weekend. There you go. So, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, um, this uh, will go up um, hopefully soon after we finish the website and all that good stuff. Yep. And then we can uh, hopefully you can see some of those movies before the next episode, and we can dive into some of that. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm definitely gonna see something this weekend. Cool. So, um, 
again, I'm Lee Work, full stack developer, and I'm Eddie. I'm a full stackish developer. And we'll see you on the next one. All right. <laughs> There's a stop. <laughs>